Support is from TBN. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at Route60.movie. That's Route60.movie. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. So we've got eight kids. Eight kids who we have homeschooled all the way through. Mm-hmm. Six and of them have graduated. Number seven is a senior this year. Yep. And so... Y- we- you know, what? I remember before we had a lot of kids, and I thought about the possibility of having a big family, I pictured the kinder care bus. And That's not realize, the way this works. No, People don't we're have not, litters, Hal. We're not Labrador retrievers, and so we're not <laughs> going to have eight two-year-olds or eight six-year-olds starting school at the same time. So what that kind of meant was they added into our school one at a time, and that meant that there were little ones underfoot. But, you know, yeah? it was different than I imagined. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I remember when I first started school and we had a, well, he was really young when he started because he begged me to start. Right. And, you know, we had one in school and a toddler and a baby. Right. And you think, I can't add any more to this. Yeah. But two or three years later, when you add the next child, it's not that you have more little ones. It's that you've added an older one on top. So right. now you have a second grader and a kindergartner and a toddler and a baby. So it's kind of like if you started out and you've got a six, a four, and a two-year-old, yeah. and then two years later, now you've got an eight-year-old and a six and a four and a two-year-old. Yeah, it, you, you keep adding kids on top as the older ones get older, mm-hmm. and actually it gets easier in many ways because right. the older kids help so much. But, but you got to make it through the day. Right. And so one thing I want to talk about is how do you homeschool with babies and toddlers? Because I think I, I saw a post the other day. Mm-hmm. In one of my groups, and one of the moms said, I'm due, I'm pregnant, I'm due in October, I have no idea how in the world I'm going to balance homeschooling first grade and a preschooler and a newborn. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I think that there's some things here that you may be missing. Yeah. Because... Homeschooling a young child does not take very long. No, and it doesn't have to be super formal and structured like like you had a classroom full of other people's children. Well, I think people imagine if you've never homeschooled before, all you know is they're doing full-day kindergarten at the school down there. And first graders are in class from 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. What in the world? And you picture that it's going to take that long, but really... Homeschooling kindergarten takes about 30 to 45 minutes a day. Uh-huh. And it can be broken up into four or five bites. Let's just be honest. A lot of the school schedule, particularly in the younger grades, is because it also doubles as child care. Yes. You know, that it's, it's just easier to take your whole family and drop them all off at the bus stop and pick them all up at the same time. And the fact that your high schooler brings home a, a bag full of homework to do at night, and the fact that your kindergartner 
really only spent about an hour and a half doing anything academic, and it was play school the rest of the day, that's immaterial. You were just looking to manage your schedule. But, right. But if you're doing it at home, your schedule's at home already. And so... And what what they actually need to learn is does not take much time at all when you're tutoring a child one-on-one. Right. Because if you're, if you're teaching a whole classroom, you might have to explain a math problem five ways for everybody in the classroom to get it. But if you explain it to your own child, first of all, you're going to understand how they think, and so likely the first way you explain it, they're going to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, you can explain it in different ways until they do. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's going to be just your, the math you teach your child is going to take you a minute, one minute. And other times it might take an hour to help them explain it, to help them understand it. Yeah. But it's not going to take an hour every day. Right. In fact, it's seldom going to take more than a few minutes. Right. And so I think that's the first thing of homeschooling with babies and toddlers to realize that school is not as time demanding as we think. Yeah. That and so if you are using a curriculum that is used in a cl- that was developed for classroom use, you may want to go find one that was developed for homeschoolers, because curricula developed for classroom use for for young children has Mm. way too much work it has tons of busy work because they're trying to keep those kids busy and they assume that the teacher doesn't have the time or the mental latitude to edit on her own you know so and so there's a lot of material in there that they can choose from but yeah i mean and they're assuming that the teacher is going to say okay do three problems on this sheet but most homeschoolers don't have especially when you're starting out don't have the um confidence confidence to do that and so they assign every one of the sheets until their kids are completely burned out and so right get a curricula that that was uh, designed for homeschoolers Uh that has a lot less busy work has little to no busy work right kids don't need it all it does is burn them out and the actual, what, what they actually need, very, very brief. So that's the first thing. Okay. I think the second thing about homeschooling ba- with babies and toddlers is to realize that our home does not need to look or feel like a classroom either. That learning to get interrupted and to go back to what you were doing is a life skill, especially these days with our phones going gadong. Well, and so many of us working from home are being interrupted by the same things that our students are being interrupted with when the baby cries or the toddler uh, makes a noise or whatever. You know, we all just have to learn to live with this kind of thing, right? Yeah, so what do you do if your toddler needs attention and you're in the middle of the lesson? You say, excuse me, wait a second, and you go deal with the toddler. Or you, or you turn your book around and say, keep reading from here. And you turn, you go back and you deal with the toddler. That is such an important principle because toddlers have a very short attention span for everything except whining. Yes, yeah, so they and, can whine all day long. And, and so if the toddler comes up and, and it's like, mama, 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 you can turn and give that toddler 90 seconds of your time and, and top off his battery and he's good to go. But if you put him off and you're like, hold on, mama's teaching history. Hold on, mama's teaching math. It'll get louder and worse and worse and worse until mm-hmm. it takes, until they've been whining for 45 minutes and it takes 45 minutes to calm them down. Right. And so early attention is the shortest attention, right? Absolutely. That's, the, that's really just the thing. And, and 
just what you said. Let your let your student coast for a minute. Give them give them direction and say, here, let me. What would you do with that toddler? How would you entertain that toddler during school? I mean, well, for one thing, have some toys they can play with during school, and only during school is a help. Because uh-huh. then they're excited to play with those things that aren't always available. Oh, like toys that don't have uh, batteries and noisemakers yeah, in them? things that don't make noise. Yeah, just for school. Also, some toddler school things, uh-huh. like crayons and paper and art supplies. Or picture books. Yeah, or, and yeah. glue sticks that they can sit yeah. on the floor and do some, quote, school of their own. Right. They love that. Um, one thing that we would do is I would just say, you want to do some toddler school? Come here. And I'd get them up my lap and I would count their toes with them or sing the ABC song or teach them a rhyme or teach them a Bible verse. And in you know less than two minutes, they'd be done and gone. Yeah. But they learned a lot during those little times we spent together. And they just come, come check in every once in a while. I tell you, that was one thing that really impressed me and surprised me as we were starting our, our homeschooling journey was how much the younger kids were overhearing and learning without even apparently even paying attention. Yeah. You know, I mean, even things like we were, we were teaching Latin to our oldest one at one point and his younger brother who hadn't even learned to, to learn to read yet was memorizing the, the endings because we were chanting them over and over with his older brother. And so, and, and that's been true of everything. Yeah. In fact, I feel like our youngest, our eighth, a lot of things I didn't have to teach her because she heard it so many times growing up. And mm-hmm. so I'd sit down and say, let's talk about this. And she'd tell me. I'd say, okay, well, we're done with that. You know, <laughs> I bet that happened in Laura Engel Wilder's schoolroom when she Absolutely. was a student and when she was a teacher. The younger ones were probably learning in spite of themselves Yeah, when hearing, the older ones did their lessons. Hearing the older ones do their recitations. And by the time you've heard it three or four times, you've got it. Mm-hmm. Well, look. Let's um, let's talk about some some more practical ideas here, but we need to take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Join us on the other side, and we'll be right back. Okay. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment, even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's CTC Math. Okay, we're talking about the joys and challenges of homeschooling when you still have toddlers and babies. And you know what? You haven't mentioned the babies much. Actually, most of the time, I thought the babies were easier to manage. Okay, that is because... 
Mm-hmm. We just wrapped our, the babies into our schedule. You know, you'll get advice from people that say, oh, you need to get your baby on a schedule and you, know, you need to do things in this precise order. And um, listen to an experienced parent. That stuff just stresses you out and annoys the baby. A lot, of time, a lot of times that's training the parent, not training the baby. Well, it is because they say it's to avoid having a child-centered home. But really, it makes the whole family dance attendance on the baby's schedule. That's a far more child-centered home than uh-huh. what we did, which is just wrap the baby up into whatever we're doing. If we went oh. on a field trip, mm-hmm. I tucked the baby in a sling and off we went. You know, if we were doing school and the baby needs to nurse, I nursed the baby while we were doing school. Well, that's literally wrapping them up. And I mean, and I think that's an important thing to point out, particularly if we're talking to a new homeschooling family. Um we were never the the kitchen table type of homeschoolers. We've never been the kind to gather up and put everybody at the table like like they were doing a a tutorial for for an Oxford prep class or no, something. No, we're living room homeschoolers, and that meant that there were kids on the floor and kids on the couch and kids on the couch with their feet in the air and the baby in mom's arms. And remember, we had six boys first, right? And mom, mom often sitting with her feet up and nursing the baby or holding the sleeping baby. And now, I've had a lot of questions about that, Hal. Yeah? A lot of moms, are, cons- particularly moms of boys, are concerned about whether it's okay to nurse in front of their sons. Uh-huh. And I think absolutely so. Now, should you be reasonably discreet? Yes. Yeah. You know, always unbutton from the bottom up, not the top down. Always right. lift your shirt, don't pull it down. Yeah. But I think that it, it sends a very powerful message to our kids about how babies are a blessing they're a part of our home how we take care of them you know i was really impressed with when one of our boys um had our first grandchild Mm -hmm. to see how comfortable he was with that baby and with his wife nursing and he he knew so much about it because he was like third in our family he'd seen me taking care of a lot of babies after him yeah and so he felt very confident about how to be a dad and, yeah. you know, confident in, in helping his wife and what she needed. Right. And so I think that just living life with your baby and your children surrounding you is the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. You realize for a long time, most people did not have multiple rooms that they could go to another room to nurse the baby. Yeah. You know, and they had one room and that's where everything happened. And so I don't, I don't think you should feel awkward at all Mm-mm. about nursing in front of your kids. It's a normal part of life that I think it, I think it does them good to see. Don't you, Hal? I totally agree. And, and the fact is, you know, if, if a mom has figured out how to nurse in public mm-hmm. in, in a discreet fashion, she can do the same kind of thing at home. I mean, yeah. it, it's, not, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something that, you, that is, is any sort of exhibition or anything. It's just a matter of taking care of the child. Natural and life. It's natural life. And that, that makes it so much easier. Well, babies are super easy to take care of when you just wrap them into life. Right. Get yourself a good recliner or rocking chair next to, next to where you want to do school with the kids. Uh-huh. And the baby can nurse or be, or be in your arms for much of the day Yep. while you're doing school. And baby doesn't care. You know what? Something related to that. The strategic use of nap time. Oh, yeah. That's an important thing. And, and every parent realizes that you know, nap time is a gift to the parents. 
It's not just the needs of the child. Well, and so how, how can we use it strategically? Well, for one thing, sometimes mama needs a nap too. Yeah. And for many years, we had nap time or quiet time in the afternoon when Uh we were home. Right. Where I laid down with the baby and toddler and the other kids had to get in their rooms and be quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. And you didn't interrupt me unless you were bleeding, and I mean really bleeding. Yeah. You know, because I needed, and if I just took a 20-minute nap Uh with the kids, first of all, they got to sleep a lot easier because it's really hard to stay awake when somebody's sleeping with their arms across you. Right. They got to sleep a lot easier, but then I would wake up refreshed. Yeah. Even after, with a 20-minute nap. And then I could go down and spend some special time with the child who needed special help. Right. Or work on something that needed to be worked on that I couldn't focus on with the other kids when the little kids around, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it's a refreshment time for everybody. And I know so it's particularly with the, the ones that were older, you know, the ones that are past their elementary years, um, they discovered that if they knew what they needed to do next in their math or the reading or whatever, that they could come downstairs and do that in the morning before the little ones got up. Yeah. And, and, and they could do it without distraction. And, you know, that's something that they figured out on their own. Oh, yeah. So, now, you know, it makes their younger siblings hate them. You know, when they come in and say, why are you reading a book? You're supposed to be doing school. Oh, I'm done with my school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a good example. It's a good example. But, but yeah, they all figured that out on their own. So, so that's an important thing. Again, recognizing just the rhythms of life yes. in your family and the dynamics. And that's an important thing to recognize. You know, just like your homeschool doesn't need to look like anybody else's. Now, that is a very important point, Hal, because I think what stresses moms out when they uh-huh. have babies and toddlers hmm. is they worry about doing all the written work. Yeah. And they think, we're getting behind and we've got so many worksheets and we can't catch up. And I think, first of all, you need to realize nobody's ever going to look at that stuff. No. And so don't do it unless it's providing educational value. Right. Now, sometimes they need to do some written work. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, the written work is not as critical. For example, if you miss a day because you go on a field trip, don't freak out the next day saying, oh, no, we've got to do two whole math worksheets or my child's never going to get into college. No, instead, go over both math concepts mm-hmm. and do practice on both math concepts and maybe skip the worksheet. Mm-hmm. It will not hurt your kids. I needed to hear that. Yeah. I was so afraid that my kids would miss something if we skipped a worksheet now and then. Right. But the, the curriculum designers assume that you're doing that because most teachers do not have them do a full l- lesson, practice lesson, right. and lesson every single day. Right. Right. And so... They don't assign... 30 problems they typically would do every other one or right or you know some days give homework some days not give homework right and so we just i think we need to give ourselves grace and to realize that a lot of the things that are stressing us out are are really unnecessary because you know i remember doing so much written science stuff and with later children i realized you know I'm just creating documents nobody's ever going to see again. Yeah. And we can listen to the science and we can read it out loud. We can do some hands-on projects and they remember it just as well. You know, and that kind of, that also sort of plays into a a related issue, homeschooling a bunch of different levels at once, that there are some things that are just as effective to have 
everybody doing the this, same stuff. You know, everybody sit, let's sit down and we're going to read the history together. We're yes. going to sit down. We're going to read this story together and everybody hears it. The second grader hears it. The seventh grader hears it. And that's, and that's okay. You can ask them different questions maybe, but that you don't have to teach four hours for each individual child and take, take a day and a half every day, but rather say, fold them all in together. And when they can do the same thing at the same time, do it that way. Yeah, combine it, combine it. And in fact, that will help your learning. Because uh, when everybody's doing the same thing, they begin to talk about it and discuss it and look for other books and bring in different ideas. And, you know, both in history and science, that has worked so well in our family. When we're all studying the same thing, Mm -hmm. or at least everybody under high school, because the high schoolers can do their own thing. Right then it becomes a culture of learning where everybody is talking about it. Well, we're getting to the end of our time, and people are coming home, and our dogs are losing it. And so, Hal? Yes. Relax. I think when you tell these moms, relax. It's not as hard as you think. Right. Don't do a bunch of busy work if it's stressing you out. Uh Do what really matters for learning. And just wrap those babies and toddlers right up into what you're doing. That's right. That Because we can do it. We can vouch for it. it. We have done it, and it's worked fine. So enjoy them. Enjoy all of them. And enjoy your homeschooling journey. Okay? So, look, we appreciate you being with us. Until next time. Oh, you have something to share? I have something. What's that? I will give them a freebie. Yes. If they'll go to the show notes page. Okay. At hellmelanie.com slash radio and just scroll down until you see this. Mm-hmm. There's a freebie on homeschooling young children, and I think you're going to love it. Ooh, excellent. And we'll have some other links on the show page there. That's howandmelanie.com slash radio. Well, look, we thank you for joining us, and we look forward to talking with you again later. And until then, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Bye-bye now. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at howlandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.